Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Friday, July 1st. Coming up, we'll hear what religious leaders in the Kansas City area have to say about the overturning of Roe v. Wade. But first, some headlines. The widow of the dump truck driver killed in the Amtrak collision in Missouri this week is suing a railroad inspector and the county where the collision occurred. KCUR's Frank Morris reports. An Amtrak train going about 90 miles an hour struck a loaded dump truck in central Missouri Monday, killing three people on the train and the truck driver. Attorneys representing the truck driver's widow, Aaron Barton, have filed a lawsuit claiming that a supervisor for Burlington Northern Santa Fe, the railroad that owns and operates the tracks used by Amtrak, should have known the crossing was dangerous. The tracks are several feet higher than the road. The approach is steep. The tracks were partially obscured by brush, and they bisect the road at about a 45-degree angle. According to the lawsuit, some 60 trains traverse the crossing daily. It alleges that the intersection should have been marked by flashing lights and cross arms rather than just a simple railroad crossing sign. The Kansas City Council overwhelmingly approved a resolution yesterday that would provide financial help to city employees who seek an abortion outside Missouri. KCUR's Jody Fortino has more. Nearly all abortions are now legal in Missouri after the state's trigger ban went into effect last week. For a Kansas City resident, the closest clinic still performing abortions is in Overland Park. The resolution directs the city manager to work with the healthcare system board of trustees to negotiate insurance plans that ensure that access to abortions and other FDA-approved care are still available. Councilman Eric Bunch voted to support the resolution. In addition to continuing to provide life-saving, in many cases life-saving uh, health care, this is between us and our and our employees and ensuring that our employees have good quality benefits. The city council also approved a resolution stating that reproductive rights are fundamental human rights. The Kansas foster care system will pay $1.3 million in a legal settlement after a child was sexually assaulted in the office of a foster care contractor. Blaze Mesa of the Kansas News Service reports. The child spent a month sleeping in an office of foster care agency KVC Kansas. KVC was understaffed, and the 13-year-old child was left alone with an 18-year-old who had a history of sexually abusing others. A case settled in Wyandotte County District Court says both the contractor and the state were negligent, and that led to the assault. Attorney Mark Schlegel represented the victim. He hopes the settlement will spur changes in the foster care system. I hope a case like this makes the state wake up, makes these contractors wake up, right? Because if you can hit them in the pocketbook, they're going to change their behaviors. The victim was staying in the office because there were no homes to take them. A separate lawsuit settlement is trying to end this practice, but that has not happened yet. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has signed a bill into law that requires that racial covenants be removed from property deeds. Decades ago, racial covenants were included in many deeds, saying that only white people could own a property. They're no longer enforceable, but they still remain on many deeds in Missouri and around the Midwest. The new law requires that antiquated references to race, religion, and other protected groups be removed from deeds recorded after August 28th.
Religion plays a role in many Americans' perspectives on abortion. The Catholic Church and many evangelical Christians support the overturning of Roe v. Wade, while the Pew Research Center says non-evangelical Protestants and non-religious people tend to believe abortion should be legal in most cases. On Up to Date, KCUR's Steve Kraske spoke to Kansas City religious leaders about how their faiths feel about last week's momentous abortion decision. Here's part of his conversation with Hazan Tal Ben Yehuda of Congregation Beth Shalom in Overland Park, Reverend Rick Behrens of Grandview Park Presbyterian Church in Kansas City, Kansas, and Reverend Shanna Stites of Community Christian Church in Kansas City. So Hassan Ben Yehuda, let me begin with you. What does Judaism uh, teach about abortions? Where can you take us with that? Unfortunately, it's not a clear and simple answer because Judaism is not monolithic in its belief system. There is a continuum of thought on so many topics, abortion included. What I can tell you is understood across all of Jewish understanding, all of Jewish practice, is that life does not begin until the head crowns. And so the fetus inside the mother is considered a part of the woman until it is being born. And so while on in Reform and Conservative and modern Orthodox, many modern Orthodox Jews, they would say that for many ethical reasons and any life-saving reason, an abortion is not just permissible, but actually required, Hmm. there are some branches of Judaism that would not say that a woman's autonomy is the most important thing and is a factor in whether or not abortion should be legal. You know, given all that, I'm wondering how you addressed this issue with your congregation over the weekend, or, or did you? So actually, our rabbi, Rabbi David Glickman, addressed the congregation and actually the whole city uh, in a really beautifully written letter to the um, in the Kansas City Star, which outlined the fact that the overturning of Roe v. Wade is a real rollback in terms of religious freedoms, and it is not supported by Jews and should not be supported by any religionists, by any Americans, because it is un-American. I will tell you that in my congregation, people were really very, very upset, hmm. men as well as women, teenagers, children. It's It affects us all. It is absolutely, you know, on our minds. We didn't address it from the pulpit because it's not just a sermon. Reverend Behrens, uh, I'm wondering about your reaction to the ruling on Friday. Well, I'm, I'm honored to stand in this space and speak, uh, although I think we need to listen to women on this issue, and I'm glad that there are two women on this call to, uh, to help correct my flaws. Um, we in the Presbyterian Church since 1970 have spoken out, advocated for, worked for reproductive rights uh, for women and for the right for women to, to make their choice. We believe that God alone is Lord of the conscience, and we trust that women will make the right moral decision uh, for themselves and for their families. And uh, so on Sunday morning, uh, we, in fact, did not speak from the pulpit about it, but we did have uh, Beck, the reporter, who came, and we had about, I don't know, 10 people who wanted to speak to her and offer their thoughts on it. So there's a lot of passion about it. And the one thing that we're we're very action-oriented, and since we're here in Kansas, and we got this constitutional amendment coming up. Right. I was going to ask you about that. 
we are organizing uh, to get out the vote for that because we know that the majority of people, even in Kansas, support reproductive rights. Reverend Seitz at Community Christian Church in Kansas City, how did you approach uh, this ruling? Did you address it? Uh, what, what did you do? Well, it was interesting. My phone started blowing up on Friday um, afternoon with text messages from church members. It was not going to be a surprise to any of our folks as to where where I stand personally on this. Um, we It was ironic that um, the scripture that we were using to center ourselves in our worship was the words from Jesus to love your enemies and to pray for those who persecute you. Hmm. And so I actually had written my sermon on Wednesday. And so I leaned into that, that we might be um, people who are responsive rather than reactive. And so um, we talk about issues like this all the time. I think if we're, we're only being reactive when such things happen, choice in all forms is who we are. Um, that each of us is able to read the scripture within community and together, community, little c community, not not right. our congregation community, but um, we can read it with others. We can discern what it says for ourselves. Congregations have a freedom of choice. Um, individuals has a freedom of choice in their beliefs, not just in this particular issue of which we, we say pro-choice. Yeah. You know, Reverend Barons, I'm wondering in your congregation uh, there at Grandview Park Presbyterian in KCK, uh, do you have uh, members of your congregation who take a different view than you do on abortion? And if so, how did you approach those members of your church? I suppose there are <laughs> some. Uh, as of yet, none have uh, have approached me with a, a differing opinion. Um, but if they did, I would respect their opinion and uh, just ask them to also do what they can to get people to the polls because we got a huge decision to make on August 2nd. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I believe that uh, my approach is I support re- reproductive rights, not despite of my religious values, but because of my religious values mm-hmm. and uh, those values of choice and being able to choose uh like Reverend Stite said, are central to who we are as Presbyterian and trusting people to make the moral choice. Um, trusting people, building community and relationships is what we are about here in our neighborhood and can't do that if you're only telling people what to do, right. not listening and responding. Hazan Ben Yehuda. Judaism also holds that we have to speak out for the people who don't have a voice. Um, Jews are bound to be, according to Scripture, a light unto the nation. And that means that we have a moral responsibility to do what is right in the world. And the fact is that the rollback of Roe v. Wade is incredibly dangerous to specific groups of women whose protections are suddenly taken out from underneath them. So poor women, black women, indigenous women, women of color are going to be in worse shape and die um, in much greater numbers than women who are as lucky to be born looking like me or, you know, in a, in a better financial situation. And it is our responsibility, not only for my daughters and for my friends and my congregants, but especially for the people that I share this country with. That was KCUR's Steve Kraske, Hazan Tal Ben Yehuda, Reverend Rick Behrens, and Reverend Shanna Stites. You can hear their entire conversation from up to date at kcur.org.
This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Trevor Grandin, and KCUR Studios, and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, including our coverage of abortion in Kansas and Missouri, visit kcur.org. We'll be off on Monday, but our next episode on Tuesday will explore why the gap between Black homeownership and white homeownership is getting bigger. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.